If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. out of the fade route with dnz imz and we got a great show tonight we're ordering up the afc north we're talking about lamar jackson and his vaccination or non-vaccination we're gonna break down the field of dreams game too between the white Sox and the yankees but We're going to debut a brand new segment this week. It's called This Week in New York Jets Fuckery. And as usual, the New York Jets, New York Jets, after the green and white practice where Zach Wilson looked like absolute trash, Jets coach Robert Sala is praising him for his effort and his willingness to go into the, the defensive coordinator's room and learn more about what's going on and why they handed him his ass. And, you know, it's a part of the process for him to be the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Dude, you, you don't need to be the best quarterback on day one. Peyton Manning wasn't the best quarterback on day one. Troy Aikman wasn't the best quarterback on day Tom Brady was not the best quarterback on day one. We need you to learn your fundamentals, the fundies, as Keith Hernandez likes to call them, and actually be able to complete a pass. Can you do that before you try to be the best in the world? And that's only part one of this week in New York Jets fuckery. As Denzel Mims was interviewed about why he missed OTAs, turns out he lost 20 pounds because he ate some tainted salmon 
out of the New York Jets cafeteria. So, boys and girls, if there is a moral to the story, if the New York Jets offer to buy you lunch, say no. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes, flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's going on, D? How you doing, man? Oh, man, man. Am I excited to be here today? I'm excited to talk to you about all this stuff going on. But what what a shit show this organization is. <laughs> I can't you hold it in. You can't it. make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> Cry over here. <laughs> Oh, whatever you guys do, do not eat your salmon in the cafeteria. <laughs> Meanwhile, this this their quarterback's talking about trying to become the best quarterback in the world. Dude, just just throw the far out, man. Just just throw the out from the hash mark. Let's just get that shit down first. Oh no, I mean, you just gotta be better than oh your mom. Oh my god! Oh my god! You just gotta be better than uh, your mom. I follow it. I follow Rich Samini on on Instagram and. He was saying how Zach had a great practice today. He was five for nine with two touchdowns and a pick. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we doing backflips over that? Oh, jeez. Uh, we progress. got a long way to go, man. We got a long way to go. Oh, but uh, this poor man, I feel bad for Mims. He's like, man, I gotta start bringing my own lunch to work. Exactly. But- <laughs> There are only so many bright spots on the Jets. Oh. Right? You got Becton, you have Quinn and Williams. Denzel Mims is one of them, man. He was a bright, he was a pleasant surprise, and you guys try to kill him with bad salmon. I'm sorry I started off the show laughing so hard. I just couldn't hold it in. It's just, you guys got to be kidding me, man. Uh, and then you see Robert Sala jumping up there, and he's like, oh, he's, he's working so hard. I saw him in the defensive coordinator's room. He's trying to learn the defense. Robert, you sure he just didn't go into the wrong room? <laughs> Are, we sure? Are we sure he just wasn't lost? Because he's got to learn the offense before he even tries to figure out what to try to do on the other side of the fucking ball. Like, I heard this was the cafeteria. I heard you served some meat salmon. <laughs> like, dude... <laughs> the defense coordinator, just get the fuck out of here. Could you go down the hall? Can you just go down the hall? Get away from me. Can you get away from me? Just get away from me, kid. Oh, God. Here's what I want to know about the offensive oh, coordinator. God, does hilarious. it say Mike LaFleur or does it say Matt LaFleur's brother? It's got to say Matt LaFleur's brother. It's on the nameplate. It it's just got to say. It has oh, it's priceless. Yeah, but, I mean, reports I mean reports are coming out that these really look like dog shit pretty much every day. And everyone's kind of going to bat and trying to, like, you know, defend him and saying, oh, you know. He, he's he's still he's still learning the system. Oh, it's just practice. Just like guys, man. Buffalo Bills are coming to town, man. When the Patriots are coming to town, you better get ready. You better get ready. And and you know I didn't realize it, but there really is like a veteran shortage in quarterbacks. I mean, you really everyone's waiting for the Chicago Bears to cut Nick Foles so they can sign him. You got the Colts online for that. I think the Eagles are online for that. Um, and I think that well, the Jets got to be on that line, too. Absolutely. I just saw this crazy report today that Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, as of right now, are on track for week one. So I don't even know if the Colts are on that short list of teams waiting to uh, to sign Nick Foles. If they feel that he's you know, healing and progressing nicely and they've liked what they've seen of Ellinger and Eason, I don't know if they make that move now. If it was the doom and gloom of the 12 weeks, 
then absolutely, I think the Colts would be would be on the short list. They might be at the top of that list, but you got to count the Cowboys in on that too, and we'll talk about that later. But there's definitely, I mean, it's a short list. Gardner Minshew, you, I mean. If, see, I don't think he's going to get cut. He's not going to get cut. He's no, going to have to get traded. No, right? that would have to be a trade. He's going to have to be a trade. And really, you know, if I'm Chicago, I don't even know if I do cut Foles because I know there's a huge market for him. Like, why should I just give him away? I'll no, play exactly. I'll play down a linebacker or I'll play down a, a corner just because I don't want these guys getting him for free because he's in such demand. And, and who's to say that I'm not going to need him because – Maybe maybe Fields gets hurt, or you know, right. maybe we maybe we have maybe uh, Andrew Dalton goes down. Like who knows? Like you know, uh, and another team that could really probably use a backup is the Bengals as well. Um, you know, so I would I wouldn't I think a lot of people are banking on being able to sign Nick Foles, and I don't know if it's that cut and dry. It's crazy how much of a shortage there are in quarterbacks. It's really surprising too because. You know, you, you do have a lot of talent at the position that comes out every year, but, you know, not everybody is that NFL arm. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. And there's another guy you can watch in Philly. I mean, they signed Nick Mullins, too, as the third stringer. So either one of those guys could possibly go to either Nick Mullins or Joe Flacco. Whoever loses out on the backup quarterback job might be exposed as well. So who knows? There, there might be uh, there might be a fit there. Um, you know, it, it, it's... I heard Josh Very, Rosen. I, I heard Josh Rosen. Oh, Josh taking Rosen. A, he's, I heard he's taking a step back this year. I, I don't I know how many more. What? I don't know how many more steps back you could take, man. You're like in the parking lot right now. Oh, he just fell off a cliff. Yeah. Oh uh, my god. But he would be a perfect backup for Zach Wilson, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. Speaking of I don't know, I don't know how the New York Mets were in first place for 90 days, right? Three solid months, 90 days, and got lapped by the Phillies and got lapped by the Braves. The Mets, in the course of eight games, went from first place riding high to now third place and fighting for their lives. You're a Braves fan. You've you've dabbled with some Philly fandom. I'm a Mets fan. In your opinion, are the Mets done? I mean... Yeah, I do think they're done, and it's unfortunate because it's really uh, they're a victim of their own schedule. I mean, they have 50 games left. Now, 25 of these games are against the Giants, the Dodgers, the Brewers, the Yankees, the Cardinals, and the Phillies. Like, they need to win, I don't know, probably like 20, 18 to 20 of those games, and they're not. They'll be lucky if they split or they go 13 and 12 or 14 and 12. And that's just not going to be enough to get it done. Now they have a lot of games against the Marlins, but that's they don't beat them though. Yeah, they don't beat them, but that's not what's going to matter because the Phillies are hot right now. 
Um, and the Braves, uh, it's not Jock Peterson's batting almost 300, which is a shocker, but uh, you know, it's your boy, man. Come on, yeah, call about it a little I, bit. I, I do like Jock, I've always been a Jock fan. Um, Jock Peterson, fan it is. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it's they're a victim of their own schedule, they can't score runs. Lindor is hurt. Gosh, would you please agree that this was a terrible signing? Are you really, you're not ready to crow about that yet? You're not really to admit that was bad? It's bad. They got to go get another shortstop to play shortstop <laughs> the same year they signed this dude. Here's why it's not bad. You didn't give anything up. You gave up Andres Jimenez and you gave up Ahmed Rosario. Eh. But you paid him. Uh, you, you paid him. Yeah, you did. You paid him. Ten years. Sit in the dugout and root on another shortstop. Because he's injured. <laughs> but but, it's he, was not playing, because but it's, he was playing like trash before he got injured anyway. Like, it's not like they're missing out on a lot. That's the worst part of the whole damn thing. It's almost better that he isn't playing. Because if he was playing, it'd be worse. He'd probably be batting like 202 right now or 213 or some bullshit like that. Well, this is exactly what I told you months ago when we were talking about how well they were playing with the reserve players in the starting lineup. They were going to come back, the starters were going to come back, and it would go in the toilet. It's exactly what I told you. You can't tell me that I didn't tell you this. Conforto is having a down year, which is good for the Mets because they can sign him cheap. McNeil has lost his way at the plate. He used to be a doubles machine, aggressive contact hitter. Now he's just trying to hit home runs. That's not who he is. If that is what you're doing, you have lost your way some. Listen, if we're if we're looking at the Billy Bean method of baseball, we're looking at the numbers. The Braves should win this division. They're plus 66. The Mets are negative 16. The Philadelphia Phillies are negative 10. The Mets are 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. Good Lord. They're having trouble beating the Nationals, who traded all of their players away. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it, it's 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 pretty bleak. Uh, we know that prob- most likely only one team is coming out of this division. Oh, no, it's, and- it's guaranteed because it's going to be either the, it's gonna be the Padres and the Dodgers. If the season ended today, it would be Padres-Dodgers in the wild card game, but- which would be must-see TV. Right, and for me, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a different kind of fan, right? So I, I look at a situation and I'm like, would it be nice for the Braves to make the playoffs? Sure it would, but I don't expect much from them because they lost their best player. They lost one of their best hitters. So if they got into the playoffs, who are they, they going to beat Milwaukee, who's plus 93? They're going to beat the Giants, who are having an all-decade all, you know, season right now. They're going to beat the Dodgers, who just got Scherzer, for fuck's sake. Like, they're not going to beat any of these teams. They're not going to make any noise. So, you know, if if, if they do get out of it, if they do get in, great. But I'm not really, you know, you know, really going to bat for them. But no, I do, uh, the, the team, in my opinion, the team that is in the best position right now is the healthiest team, and that is the Philadelphia Phillies. You look, if you look at the Mets, say what you will, Lindor is out, DeGrom is out, Syndergaard is out. They're going to use him in the bullpen. And you know, what What did I say to you in the production meeting? One pitch warming up, the dude is done. Don't even waste your time with this fucking guy. He wants to bike around Union Square, going for bone broth and fucking free range eggs. 
just go do what you got to do, Noah. Just stay the fuck away from this team. So that's, you know, I think I made it abundantly clear about how I feel about Mr. Syndergaard. Uh, but the Mets are down impact players. And now Javi Baez is hurt. Javi Baez was not enough. We, we've discussed this. Rich Hill was not enough. Taiwan Walker is regressing. The pitching carried them. They can't do it anymore. They just can't do it anymore. So I get that. This team needs to hit. The coaching change didn't really do much. They're mediocre at best. Their GM said they're mediocre uh, on WFAN today. You're just, I mean, the, the team cannot keep going on pitching alone. And they don't score. With a team that has credible offensive players at every position, do they, are they superstars? No. Are they representative major leaguers that can be credible? Yes, absolutely. And for them to only slug 380 and to only have a 312 on base percentage, 312. I think that was Edgar Martinez's career batting average. Like, this is a fucking joke, and changes need to be made. In a terrible, they, I mean, in a, it's in, too late in, now. In a terrible division. Like, this, yeah. was, this was the year. I mean, they had a, they had a six-game lead couple weeks ago man Uh it's like it's not it's not excusable but now anything can happen just as the phillies got hot the the braves can get hot the mets can get hot that's what this is going to be it's going to be who's hot last it's a it's the it's the train race at yankee stadium it's just three horses right now going down the stretch right now because the healthiest i have to bank on the phillies the mets I mean, just watching them on a daily basis, you have to you have to think that they're going to be the third horse in this race. But stranger things have happened, and teams can bottom out. Injuries can occur. You can run through a bad a bad patch of play. That's the beauty of baseball. Like that's baseball, Susan. That's life. But. Kudos to the Phillies for staying in it. Kudos to the Braves for staying in it. They easily could have packed it in after Acuna got hurt. I mean, how many injuries, especially to that rotation, can the Braves withstand? Yeah. So that's brutal too. So credit to all three of these teams. It's going to be an interesting September. I think we can agree on that. Definitely. Another thing we can agree on is that the San Diego Padres, in some form or fashion, are going to be in this playoff race. And they are making an, an interesting move as Fernando Tatis rehabs from his third separated shoulder of the year, which is mind-boggling to me. He's rehabbing as an outfielder. Is this crazy enough that it's going to work? Or is this just desperate to get his bat in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, I guess... It's definitely not a sexy move, right? I mean, you no. want you want your one of your most skilled players, one of your most popular players, playing shortstop position or playing a key role in the infield. I'm not sure. Really, I'm not sure. I fully understand it because I feel like he has mainly gotten hurt as a batter and a base runner. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure why you're just you're putting him in the outfield. I think they should just keep him at short sell the merchandise sell the tickets i think he will get lost out there he's just going to be another 
another outfielder if you put him out there. And he's also going to really jack up the average salary of an outfielder. Really mess up teams, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Well, if it's prorated, right, just based on the time he's out there in the outfield, it might not mess with the numbers that much. Yeah, but you know an agent's going to be like, well, I mean – my client is looking for closer to Fernando Tatis numbers. They both play left field. I mean, that's, that's just, or that's what's going to happen, right? The average per year. That's what you're going to look like. You're like, well, my client's the third best left fielder and Tatis is the second best or the, they're on par with each other. That's how agents are going to be. So, yeah, I think that could really be a problem for the market. Uh, th- this collective bargaining agreement isn't going to be tense enough. That's true. They're not, they're, even, they're not gonna even play baseball next year. What are we kidding? <laughs> we might be able to get on the field, man. I have no problem being a scab. <laughs> I'm just running with that. But the Padres, they've scored the ninth most runs. They have the ninth best batting average. They have the sixth best best on base percentage. They're slugging 411. That's with Tatis. You keep Cronenworth in the lineup. He's an all-star. Adam Frazier is in the lineup. He's an all-star. If you can find a way to Trey Turner, Fernando Tatis, and keep his bat in the lineup because his bat plays, like this, I mean, if he's credible, he doesn't have to be Roberto Clemente. He doesn't have to be Ken Griffey Jr. If he just doesn't embarrass himself, they have a win. Because you look at his numbers for the year, 292. 31 homers, 70 ribbies, 651 slugging, 1024 OPS. It, you know, that bat plays. And honestly, those numbers play more as an outfield number, outfield bat anyway. Like, you want that out of your corner outfielder, that's for sure. The Yankees would kill for that out of their corner outfielders. But it's definitely, it has to be a short term thing. Fernando Tatis's future is as a shortstop. I mean, this team, AJ Preller, there's win now, and then there's win now. And he is definitely in win now mode. And this is, you know, an embarrassment of riches that is rivaled only by the Dodgers. And my concern is that they didn't bolster the pitching enough because Blake Snell came back from injury. Yes, he had a one good game, but. He was nothing to write home of before he went down. They have zero quality starts this year. The Padres have zero, zero quality starts. That That's troublesome. Not only that, but Paddock's hurt. He has COVID, one or the other. That that hasn't helped either. No. And then, I mean, Darvish. Darvish has been Darvish. They, they just, yeah, they, they were banking on that Max Scherzer trade. They yeah, definitely they're, were. They're, they're similar to the Mets. They're really... They're the third horse in that race, right? I mean, it seems like the Giants can do no, no wrong. And the Dodgers just went out and got Trey Turner and Matt Scherzer, for God's sake. So I think they're they're going to be fighting an uphill battle anyway. You know, I remember back in the day, the Braves used to play Chipper Jones down left field, but it wasn't, you know, trying to save him for injuries because we want him to play left field. I, you know, if you want the guy to play left field, that's fine, but don't put him out there you know trying to save him from getting hurt i don't i don't see the logic in that and put him in and put him in position that he feels much the most comfortable playing than that he wants to play i mean if he's if he's willing to go out there and play short and dive around like don't don't let him change his game you know you gotta let him be you know be who he is 
Well, you have to think that, especially with the investment they made in him, that they didn't run it by him, and they wouldn't be doing it unless he signed off on. So I definitely think that he is trying to be a team player at this point in time. And, you know, I I don't think it's going to hurt in the long run unless he dives. Like, that's the only thing that I would caution him against. Lay up. Just lay up. If you feel like you're going to, if you need to dive for a ball, just lay up. We'll, We'll deal with the single. I don't need you diving and hurting your shoulder worse. And then now you're out for all the next year. Uh, you, you you need to kind of put the spurs on this guy a little bit. He plays, he, he doesn't play recklessly. He definitely plays hard. It's not that fake hustle. It's not that Bryce Harper hustle. This guy actually hustles. So I, I just think that they need to kind of bridle his enthusiasm a little bit and just kind of like, let him know like we need you for 10 years from now but we're not going to sacrifice you just for this run we're they're built they are built for 10 years at this point in time your favorite podcast has its own merch line now go to teespring.com type the fade store into the search bar and have access to our sweatshirts t-shirts long sleeve shirts tank tops and much more on the way that's teespring.com type in the fade store at the search bar and show your boys some love rep the fade route brand only at the fade store only on teespring.com Speaking of team that just got built, Paris Saint-Germain. We don't talk about French soccer that often on this show. And by that often, I mean ever. But they just got a major haul, bringing in one of the greatest, if not the greatest football players of all time, Lionel Messi. He left Barcelona after an ugly split signs a two-year deal with PSG, joins Kylian Mbappe, joins Neymar, they join Sergio Ramos, I believe Sergio, yeah, Sergio Ramos. What is this, what can we expect from this team and what can we expect from Barcelona? Yeah, I mean, we can definitely expect them to compete for the Champions League title, right? I mean, that's what this was all about. Uh, he is the best. And any any player, any fan of soccer will agree. Not a lot of people are going to take Ronaldo over him. Not a lot of people are going to take Ronaldinho over him. He He's it. Uh, as far as Barcelona is concerned, I think there's a chance that they can even meet in the championship. They can meet even in the Champions League final. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're not... They're, they're still going to attract the best talent in the world. They're still going to compete at a high level. But this definitely gives uh, PSG a chance. Absolutely. Anytime you put that caliber of talent together, you definitely you definitely are in the running. Now, it's all a question of chemistry and whether or not their styles can mesh. 
as quietly as it's kept, Lionel Messi is a very good passer. He's actually more of a setup guy than he is a scorer, particularly with country ball. When he plays uh, for his country, for Argentina, because then you have guys like Di Maria and Aguayin and you have other players. He's a facilitator. So when called upon, he can score, but he's definitely he's definitely more of a point guard if we're going to use a different uh, sport. But it is it doesn't look good for Barcelona financially they're cash strapped and they've made multiple bad moves for years and this seemed to be their way out in their opinion just so they can get some cash infusion I mean as based on the revenue sharing program that's in place it's a cash infusion of $300 million for private equity money. So we got to see where this is going and how it's going to be allocated in the future. But it's when you lose your best player, it's easily, it's easily going to hurt. It's just a question of how, how they can rebound from this. And to make matters worse, I think is, the deep roots that Lionel Messi had with Barcelona coming from academy to the big time. Like, yeah, he spent he his just, whole life there. His, his whole life there. there, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When he finally when when Argentina won and Messi finally was able to, you know, win on the national stage. They were cheering in the streets of Barcelona. That's all you need to know about his relationship with that team and with that country. That it's an icon. It's it's very similar to a Tom Brady kind of coming through the organization from the draft from the draft to ascension to superstardom, and then all of a sudden, yeah, we can't pay you anymore. So <laughs> you you know it's like you buy like Bye. Uh, uh, I said, what I'm sorry what now like right. it would th- throw some people for a loop sure but it's not like with the uh, with the NBA where we have uh, some tampering charges being investigated you have Ball going to the Chicago Bulls Lowry going to the Miami Heat both in, on sign and trade deals. Is this tampering a big deal anymore, or is this kind of just accepted practices in the NBA? Well, it's only an accepted practice when LeBron James does it. I think I, we uh, can all agree on that. Uh, it, it, the prime example now is LeBron James contacting Carmelo Anthony saying, it's time. And now he's a, it's time. It's mellow time. And now he's finally a Laker. But... In all seriousness, how do you expect teams to conduct these trades? How do you expect them to to do this? Because you're dealing with the agent. You're trying to sign the player to the terms of the deal to facilitate the trade. That means you need to talk to not only the player, but you also need to talk to the other team that's trying to trade for the asset. It doesn't make any sense. Yes, illegal contact. Right. You know, 
I understand the I understand the concept of it, but at the same time, you kind of need to you kind of need to have these open channels of communication in order to foster these deals. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how they expect sign and trade deals to get done without everyone talking to one another. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it's important for all teams to play on the same playing field. I mean, we definitely want you know fair play for everybody and we want everybody to abide by the same rules but at the same time if the player and the teams are aligned i mean i really don't have a problem with it so if kyle lowry is going up to the raptors and saying you know i really would like to go play for the miami heat this is what i'm looking for but i don't want you guys to you know be left with nothing this is the way to get that done. I mean, he served his time there. The Lamelo, the, the 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 ball situation, the ball situation. It's Lonzo Ball. I keep saying Lamelo. I don't know why. Uh, but with the Lonzo Ball situation, I mean, it's just like, yeah, eighty-five million dollars, man. That's a lot of money for this guy. I don't really agree with it, but hey, you know, they're sending him out. They're getting players in return that they feel are going to help them compete. All the teams involved are on board with it. If someone else has a grievance or an argument to make, I let's hear it. But I mean, if everybody's happy, you know, I don't, I don't see what the issue could be. No, and realistically, the only, the only people that can have a gripe about this are the teams that wanted Lonzo Ball, right? right. But or that wanted Kyle Lowry, and either missed out on them or were trying to play within the the rules and tried to be legit about this so that just means your fingers weren't fast enough yeah sort of right it's i i mean it's not it's i can't see kyle lowry being like oh man i didn't know the hawks wanted me why didn't you trade me there or why couldn't we work the oh you know what i didn't know i could have went to the new york knicks why couldn't we work out a trade? Like, I, don't, I don't. I don't really feel like it falls like that. These things are pretty much, you know, talked about behind closed doors, and then they're worked out over the phones or in person, and then it and then it goes through. And at the end of the day, the small market teams they got return on it. You look at right. like Toronto, and you look at New Orleans, they got return. Where in another situation. They might have not gotten a return. They might not have gotten the player. If you, if you, actually, if you look and see what happened to Dennis Schroeder, that's a guy that would have really been excited about a sign and trade deal because, from what I understand, he accepted, he declined an eighty-five million dollar contract from the Lakers right before the trade deadline, which prompted them to go and trade for Russell Westbrook, and now. Dennis Schroeder is going to play for the Boston Celtics for only $5 million or $6 million a year. You talk about missing that boat on that sign and trade. And that's a really good example right there. No, absolutely. And there's one thing, there's one thing about betting on yourself. And as a player, you should bet on yourself, but you also have to kind of read the room a little bit. And as a point guard and knowing who is available, Dennis Schroeder kind of needs to realize that, shit, I might not, I might not have a spot here. Just yeah, based well, on the fact, I don't, you know. yeah, I mean, the thing with him is, is I don't understand why he'd want to leave. Like you're getting offered eighty-five million dollars to play with LeBron in LA, that didn't work for you. Like, 
am I missing something here? I mean, I just, I'm really confused by him. I don't really, I don't understand it because even if, let's say he did sign that contract, right? He could have still been a part of the trade that would have probably sent him to the Wizards, but at least he would have kept his money. Now he's getting nothing. True. But he is working on a team with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. He's not. He didn't go to a team that's totally bereft of talent. So this might be his opportunity no, to no, kind of see. And he's a good player. He's a good yeah. player. So he should. He should be fine. It's just the money. The money end of it. He got. He got short sighted. He got. He got. You know. Slide. No. Out he, he totally. I mean. He, he definitely is on a make good deal. And if he plays well enough. He'll be rewarded. And, you know, that's the the basis of sports prior to free agency, that if you play well enough, you'll be rewarded. Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Well, so you have to play well enough, but even when you do get that money, that doesn't always mean you're going to play. And we can talk about Dak Prescott right now, who's got a shoulder strain and hasn't been really able to throw the ball in practice. We're being told he's going to be able to throw the ball next week. Big deal, little deal, no deal. I also heard that he went to the Texas Rangers medical staff to get looked at. And that's never a good sign when you're dealing with, you send a quarterback to a baseball team regarding a shoulder. That just is not good. And that's a big deal considering who is on this roster. Garrett Gilbert, the greatest player in AF history. Yes, he led the Orlando Apollos to that uh, Fugazi title. Good for you, Mr. Gilbert. Uh, Cooper Rush. Who? Exactly. And then the immortal Paisan himself, Ben DiNucci, who got his ass handed to him last year to where he looked scared out of his mind to be out there. So it's a big deal based on the fact that this is what's in camp for Mike McCarthy. This is what's in camp for Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and Ezekiel Elliott. Because the quarterback is going to make this offense go. And they need him to be healthy and they need him to be productive. And without without that certainty, it may end up being a long year in Dallas again. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a big deal. Uh, it's a big enough deal, like you said, where he's going to the Texas Rangers and the New York Yankees for advice on the shoulder strain and <laughs> Dallas wasn't asking about the one-sided trade that the, the two teams made a couple weeks ago. They were asking how do how do we treat a shoulder strain with a quarterback? How do you how do you guys normally uh, deal with this with your pitchers? And you know, basically, it's it's really just rest. Uh, Dak is 
Dak is, like you said, he's he's the most important cog in this wheel. They're not going to go anywhere without him. Um, the only th- concerns I have is after just two days in camp, this happened. Um, the only good news is, is that McCarthy's offense is not really a timing offense, but it is a rhythm offense. So they do need him out there. They do need him to be getting in rhythm with the receivers and getting in rhythm with Ezekiel Elliott. They need him in there sooner than later, but I think this is something that's going to be plaguing him all season. I don't see this going away. No, absolutely not. And you couple the shoulder with the ankle, and does this change the way he plays? Because... Dak Prescott was a mobile quarterback. He is a mobile quarterback. Now, does this force him more into the pocket? And if so, how does that alter McCarthy's game plan? I was thinking the same thing, actually. I was actually thinking the same thing when I was watching him in camp and he was moving gingerly around. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be able to go out there and run on the corners or, you know, uh, run up the middle when it opens up uh, not I don't think he's going to be that same player anymore and you know I I do think he's there's just going to be a little bit of fear there you know you, there's just certain things you just don't forget and he, he can't afford to be taking big lick, licks in the open field no if anything it may for all the negative this may also be a positive in that he is actually going to learn how to be a quarterback. And what I mean by that is, if it's not there, throw it away. Yeah, Mike, Mike McCarthy's got a good offense. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of his coaching style, and I, I do think they should have won more in Green Bay while he was there. But his offense works, especially with a really talented running back. You know, it really focuses on deep routes down the field, um, which is set up by, you know, really – getting the running back in space and also being able to get four to five yards of carry, which he can really get. So he, and he's got the receiving core. I mean, he's got Cooper, he's got Lamb, uh, he's got people that he's got Gallup, he's got people to throw to and even Zeke out of the backfield. You know, they need to be worried about him putting pressure on the defense and he's got to be able to throw it 25 to 30 times a game and not be in pain or discomfort. Uh, you know, this is this is week, you know, day two of training camp. This isn't week two or week ten of a season where you're constantly throwing the ball, landing on your shoulder, getting hit. I, you know, they're they're trying to say he's going to be able to throw next week, but if it starts firing up on him again, what are you going to do? You're going to going to shut him down at some point. You're just going to have to push forward. Yeah, at some point you do need to push through it, but. You know, at some point, discretion is the better part of valor, and that's up to not just Dak Prescott because the athlete is always going to want to push it. Like that, especially now that he got paid. When he wasn't getting paid, eh, you know, like he would be even more aggressive. But Mike McCarthy, like, can kind of now's the time rest him just baby him along, ginger him along, and make sure that shoulder is healthy. Because this team has playoff aspirations, and 
in this division, you probably won't get buried early. That's, <laughs> that's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. But let's be real here. With the exception of a hot start by the Washington Football Club, it, it's, none of these teams are going to be juggernauts. So you you could probably afford to kind of lay back a little bit and say, okay, I, you still haven't had a proper training camp. We'll give you till week four. But we'll just we'll ease you in. And Garrett Gilbert, you'll take the beating. So... Yeah. It's, see, it's sometimes it's better to lose the early battles to win the greater war, and this feels like that kind of situation. Yeah. But similar situation, but in terms of health, but losing the battle to win the war, Lamar Jackson. Still non-committal on whether or not he'll take the COVID vaccine. He's gotten COVID twice. Are you kidding me at this point? Seriously? Yeah, I mean, COVID is a touchy subject when it comes to the vaccines with people. You have to just respect everyone's decision on whether they want to get it or not. However, football always preaches about family. And Jackson is clearly prone to catching this virus. This is the second time he's gotten it, which also means he can spread it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do your, if, you know, if, you, if you're not going to do it for yourself, you might want to consider doing it for the guy sitting next to you in your locker room or the seven year old staff member who goes home to a wife who has a compromised immune system. This is much bigger. This is much bigger than him right now. And, uh, and I'm not saying, he, you know, I'm not saying athletes have to get it or get it or whatever. I'm just I, I hope he's taking those things into consideration because this is the second time. Well, what's it going to take for you to realize that you probably should get the vaccine because for some reason you're able to catch this thing and you're able to probably spread it to other people. Apparently he's been hanging out with Gleyber Torres. That guy. But it's seriously. Six home runs this year? What a joke. Uh, yeah, well, he's had, what, three cases of COVID at this point? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. But to further your point, you do it for the person next to you. You're also going to do it for the team as a whole because they're not fucking around this year with the schedule. There isn't going to be a week 19. There's not going to be a week 20. It's like, we're doing, well, this is what we're doing. And if you can't suit up, you're forfeiting the game. Like they're they're not messing around this year, so it is very it is selfish in the grand scheme of things, right? Because you're playing, you know, fifty three guys. You're a unit. You're a family, and you, as the starting quarterback, are the most important. You're the head of the table. You get the big piece of chicken, and for you to put your team season potentially in jeopardy because of you know whatever you may believe your it and you're entitled yeah right whether it's religious whether it's political whatever it may be like you're entitled to your opinion but at the end of the day if you're going to be in this situation there are going to be consequences and are you prepared to deal with that are you prepared to deal with the Ravens missing the playoffs by one game 
losing the division to the Steelers because you had to forfeit a game because Lamar Jackson had COVID. Like, can you stomach that? If you can stomach that, vaya con Dios. Like, you know, you're a better person than I am. But I don't know. I think there's going to be internal pressure to get this done. And same thing with Kirk Cousins. Like, Kirk Cousins has been coy regarding his COVID status. And, you know, you're the leader. You're the head of the table. You get the big piece of chicken. Allegedly. allegedly, Right. I mean, he might be vegetarian. I I, I don't know. He might get the egg. Alleged superstar. Alleged superstar. The line is available at the Fade Store. Buy it today. Just saying. But as an alleged superstar, you have a responsibility to your team. You have a responsibility to the fans. You have a responsibility to the ownership. You have a responsibility to the people who have come before you. So you, you got to make the smart decision. You got to make the right decision. And I understand you having, you know, doubts. But you're going to have to do what you have to do for your team. time for the mail route on the fade route if you want to join us email fade route mail at gmail.com questions comments picks you name it fade route mail at gmail.com all right boys and girls we have a full mailbox for you today and remember, if you want to reach out to us, faderoutemail at gmail.com, faderoutednz on Twitter, or faderoutepodcast on Instagram, and maybe it'll be your email in the mailbox. Email number one comes from Charlie in Spartanburg, South Carolina. First time. Hey, guys. Hope you're doing well. Are you interested in the Field of Dreams game between the White Sox and Yankees? <laughs> Not really. Not really interested. It's about 30 years too late, in my opinion. Um, uh, I think it's lame. I don't understand why the Yankees and the Red Sox are playing in it. Why would, Why not get some West mid, Midwest teams in the game? I don't know. Uh, what's next? Are they going to play a little league game in L.A. to try to recreate the Sandlot? Like, <laughs> I mean, the movie was good. Don't get me wrong. I just, I, I don't I don't get why this needs to happen. I don't get why this has to happen right now. I'm not interested in the game per se, although the White Sox and the Yankees, it's going to be good. The White Sox just got Jimenez back. They just got Robert back. They are loaded for bear, and they're easily going to run away with the American League Central. I am um, interested more in the spectacle of it. I, I want to see the field. I want to see the throwback uniforms. I, I want to see that element of it and how Fox plans on making this look nostalgic. There's no fence, right? It's just the corn stalks, right? Yeah, it's, it's just the corn. And then in the back, beyond right field, there's the corn maze. So there's going to okay. be like a little corn maze. Yeah, and then from what I saw... 
they put the bullpens in center field. That's the only part that's actually fenced off. Okay. Because you don't because you can't have a straight baseball from warmups. So yeah, I get that. So that in that part it looks cool. The the house is still there, which is really interesting. Um, the White Sox are going back to their, you know, shoeless Joe Jackson look, the nineteen nineteen socks, pinstripes, the whole thing. The Yankees are going to the road grays, not too dissimilar from what they re- usually wear, but I would have gone farther. You know, I would have gone like old school gloves. I would have gone with the bats, uh, you know, really make it work. But I don't know. I do like baseball being taken and brought to different places. Like I was into it when they went to Williamsport for Little League weekend. I was into it when they went to Fort Bragg. Like that was cool. It's a different location. It's something different. And it definitely should bring eyeballs to the seats uh, to the TV. Is it a little too late? Probably, but it's still something cool and something different. And then over the course of 162 games, you definitely need that because baseball can drag. Email number two comes from Leah in Miami. Another first timer. Hey guys. Did you see this video of Lewis Brinson allegedly being called the N-word? What did you hear? Was he right? Oh, man. Uh, so, he, I listen, I watched, his, I watched his interview. He sounds like a very educated man. Uh, he didn't hear it in the moment, but he says he's watched the video about 50 times, and he still hears the n-word every time uh i watched the video and it sounds like there he's calling the mascot uh so i'm not sure why this man would shout the n-word look like he was looking in the direction of the mascot when he was shouting so i'm gonna give him a pass and say you know he he was calling for the colorado rockies mascot as the guy who just spent 10 months of my life in Denver, I'll uh, I'll take this as my account. Um, Lewis Brinson definitely sounds he, he sounds convinced he heard what he heard and you know if that's the case then you heard what you heard. Uh, rural Coloradans definitely have an accent. So you know like Sam Elliott type accent like it's thick like cowboy accent. So if you're, if you have that accent and you're saying dinger, danger, 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 you could. I mean, you could easily misconstrue that. Absolutely. Will we ever know? Probably not. It, you know, he's entitled to think what he wants to think. He's definitely listened to it many times and he's formed his opinion based on what he's heard. What I have a problem with is the Colorado Rockies issuing a statement denouncing the fan before doing an investigation and then two hours later he's putting out a post on instagram saying remember when we said that we denounced this guy me scusi me scusi really guys get your facts get your shit together before you decide to ruin a dude's life i'm just throwing that out there you'll you'll be a lot better off 
and you'll keep the lawyers away. Probably a good idea. Email number three from Drew in New Orleans. Could it be? No, probably not. Michael Thomas wants out of New Orleans. Where is he going to go? Man, show him the door. Seriously. <laughs> like, I mean, this is not high school. There's no need to send cryptic messages on your social media account to the team you're playing for. If there's something you need to say, just come out and say it. Like, whatever the story is, just say it. Like, I don't understand why he's being, why he's being like this. New Orleans should trade him. Call the Jets. They're stupid. Call the Ravens. Call the Lions. Call the Colts, Jags, Texans. Possibly get Watson. Raiders. There's plenty of teams that will line up to take Mike T. I mean, you don't need to deal with this. Even when he comes back from his injury, this is he. he he's clearly, he's clearly shown you who he is. The last, I don't know, six or seven months. I mean, dude, if you needed this surgery, you should have got the surgery already, okay? I don't want to hear it. And you're not in camp right now. They got Jameis Winston. They can really use you. You're going to miss the beginning of the season. They paid you. You set records. What's the What's the problem? Like, what is the problem? So if you're going to be like this, if you're going to send cryptic messages through your social media account, we don't need you. You want to Odell Beckham the situation? Then you can go Odell Beckham uh, in, uh, I don't know, send them somewhere where teams are terrible. <laughs> it's very passive aggressive of Michael Thomas to issue these cryptic statements, like you said, like talking about biting his tongue in order to save the Saints' reputation. Like, dude, shut up. Like, seriously. We've in the summer of Aaron Rodgers, we don't need more of this. Right? It's a beautiful mystery. No, this relationship isn't a beautiful mystery. You want out. They kind of don't want you anymore. So it wouldn't surprprise me if I don't, he was I don't out the door. True. I don't think that's true, though. I think they do want him, but they don't want to deal with the bullshit. Like, what are you talking? Like, stop coming at us, man. Like, you are not in training camp. You had all offseason to get this surgery. Of course they're upset. Why wouldn't they be upset? They're going to miss you for, like, the first five or six games of the year. In a year where they don't have Drew Brees. And they need you to be on the field, which you weren't last year. So, I don't... Whether he's saving them from a story or whatever bullshit he's trying to pull. But just get out there and play. And if you don't want to play X to be traded, they'll trade you. They absolutely will. And there are definitely teams that would line up to take him. The Ravens you mentioned, the Jets you mentioned, the Jags you mentioned. I mean, I saw the Patriots. Bill Belichick would not put up with this shit. I don't think he <laughs> did. He brought in Randy Moss. Randy Moss wasn't a headache. Like he mooned the crowd and said straight cash homie. Like that's not that's nothing. Like the Randy Moss would never did much in the way of passive aggressive. Like he was aggressive aggressive. Um would he would Michael Thomas better a team like the Eagles? Sure. Like, especially with a young wide receiver core, you definitely will bolster that that uh, room for sure. Even a team like the Bears, the Bears are ready to win now. Shit, why not? Andrew Dalton, 
to Michael Thomas. That'd be pretty good. Justin Fields, Ohio State to Ohio State. I think people would would really uh, sign up for that. And then I even saw the Chiefs. Like, ah, like that would be crazy to me. You have Kelsey Hill, and then you have Michael Thomas on the other end as the bookend. Like, that would be an embarrassment of riches. But the more I think about it, I like the Bears idea. Like, it definitely opens up their offense. And if David Montgomery can actually, you know, do what he did, if he can repeat what he's been able to do, that offense just went from eh to scary in a hurry. I'm getting hungry over here. Should have cooked up some dinner. And if you're looking for a new cooking show to binge, check out As You Eat It on YouTube, hosted by me, Chef Z. I invite you into my home and show you what and how I cook when I'm off the clock as a chef instructor. You're going to learn fun recipes and creative methods to empower and inspire you in the kitchen and take it to the next level. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's As You Eat It, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. Order up. All right, boys and girls, you know the drill. We are ordering up. Order up, order up our picks for the NFL divisions. And this week, we are ordering up the AFC North from four to one. Who you got, D? Okay. This was an interesting one. Uh, So, at (laughs) at four, I have the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow comes back, but he's going to be a little rusty. I can't remember the last time Joe Mixon finished a full season. And I can't name anyone worth a damn on defense. They'll be better next year, but this year they're going to come in fourth. At number three, I got the Steelers. I think this is Ben's last year. I do not believe in their offensive line, their wide receivers, or their ability to run the ball, despite the fact that they drafted Harris from Alabama. The defense will keep them in third. Uh, number two, I have the Ravens. The defense is good. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards will run the ball efficiently with Lamar Jackson. You know, I want to see J.K. Dobbins become the lead back. I want to see him catch the ball out of the backfield more. They use Gus Edwards a lot for that. They need. They didn't get Julio. Rashad Bateman just got hurt this week. So I have questions about their ability to throw the ball consistently downfield. So that's why I have them at number two. And not number one, I'm going to join everybody else thinking that this is the Browns' year to win the division. All signs point to the Browns. Uh, Baker is in a prime position or in a fat contract. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the, probably the best one-two punch in the league. Clowney is uh, already on a good defense. And he He's going to be in a 4-3, which is where he can succeed. He's not really a 3-4 linebacker. And I think I'm 
Kevin Stefanski can coach. I think he's a good coach. They're going to pound the ball, play solid defense, and win the North. Wow. Wow. We have the exact same order. Ha! Like, what? What? Are you kidding? We could not have planned this any better. But I will give you my reasons why, nonetheless, even though we agree entirely. Ladies and gentlemen, mark your calendars. Um, As far as the Bengals go, offensively, Boyd, Chase, Higgins, Mixon, P. Ryan wasn't that bad when he played. It all depends on Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow stays healthy, they'll have a better year than people anticipate, but it's still not enough. Number four, also the Steelers. Number three, also the Steelers. I don't believe in Juju. An older, one-year older Ben, and Ben is not what he used to be. Like, you can only rely so much on Claypool. You're changing up your running game, which is good. You drafted Najee Harris. Like, you added to that room. You, no, no Connor. So I think it takes a step back, the offense. But uh, defensively, they're sound. That's definitely not going to be the issue with this team. It's going to boil down to whether or not Juju can have his head on straight and he stops dancing. And if Ben can actually finish the year healthy. Because the guys behind him still aren't very good. Number two, the Ravens. I don't know about this Lamar Jackson thing, man. Like that, that thing looms in the back. But they also, I mean, they signed, they, they drafted wideouts. They had the, the big fish available to them in Julio Jones. They didn't take it. Like Dobbins, another year of Dobbins is going to be a good thing for them. Like, the running game plays. As usual, the wideouts leave a lot to be desired. And number one, the Cleveland Browns are loaded for bear. They, If they don't win this division, if they don't earn a wild card, this is a failure. This team is ready to go right now. And they had a legitimate shot to knock off the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. Let's let's not forget that. And they just added Jadavion Clowney. So the defense plays, the offense plays. Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's gonna be top, you know, top five yet. He still has a way to go. But the stars are aligned for Cleveland. And anything less than a division title or a wild card, no. That is unacceptable. That's our four to one. What's your four to one? Hit us up, fade route mail at gmail.com, fade route podcast on IG, or fade route DNZ on Twitter, and let us know what you think. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.